0: Welcome to Unlocking the Truth, a podcast where we discover God's truth for ourselves by studying His Word. David and Kate Arthur are coming to Brantford, Ontario this September. We want to invite you to join us at Central Baptist Church on September 6th and 7th for a two day conference that you won't want to miss. David and Kay will be bringing a timely message on holding fast through suffering and trials using the book of 1 Peter. Registration is open and tickets are going fast. The cost for this conference is only $79 and with a limited number of seats available, you will want to register soon. Register online on our website or by calling our office at 877-234-2030. Has your life been changed by inductive Bible study? Why not invite someone to learn the inductive method by taking part in one of our many workshops happening across Canada? Interested in hosting a workshop in your church? Contact our events team today by emailing training at preceptministries.ca and bring the transforming power of God's word to your community. Four years ago, we started to pray and ask God to provide a facility that would allow Precept to have larger classrooms to fill with students studying the Bible each week. In the summer of 2018, God opened the floodgates of blessing and provided Precept with a beautiful building that met all of our requirements. In February, we launched our Thrive Building Campaign to help meet the financial needs of this new building. Would you prayerfully consider partnering with us? You can find out more information about the Thrive Building Campaign, as well as watch video tour of our new facility by visiting us online at www.preceptministries.ca. Together, we can engage more people in relationship with God through knowing His Word. To stay up to date with everything happening at the ministry, visit us online at preceptministries.ca or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Now stay tuned for episode six of the Covenant podcast.
1: Hello, everyone. Mark Sheldrake here with Derek K. Mink. We are on Unlocking the Truth, podcast number six, focusing on Covenant. It has been a fantastic study already. I am getting uh, some great email feedback and uh, just hearing from people who are encouraged by the study. The last uh, week's um, mm-hmm. podcast release, uh, focusing on the marriage, yeah. heard a lot about uh, that, got a lot of feedback on the, on the marriage uh, covenant mm-hmm. and where that fits within today. So I thought it'd be really good to just recommend two books when to, for us to start. One is... Um, Uh, Hope After Divorce. It's uh, the 40-minute Bible study that we have, worthwhile picking up and checking out. And then the other one is Lord Heal My Hurts. Mm -hmm. And uh, just a couple of uh, materials available for those who have uh, struggled through uh, divorce and thinking about divorce and um, even being how to deal with the hurts of uh, broken relationships as well. So uh, two really great books available on our e-store, but this week, oh my goodness, are
2: you excited about this week? I am. This, this for me was one of the most um, eye-opening lessons in, in the Covenant study. Uh, it really did just bring everything together, personally for me, so I'm looking forward to this, uh, to this discussion. Yes, I was looking over the notes for this and the scriptures, and uh, I I can't
1: wait for people, and I hope the people that are listening to this are doing the study. Yeah. And if not doing the study, it's not too late to just dig into the study. The In-N-Out book or the Precept Upon Precept book, you want to study covenant for yourself because... There are a ton of light bulb moments, these aha moments in scripture, and today is one of them that uh, we're going to look at. So before we dig into the scriptures, let's pray together. Father, we come before you. We are thankful for the truth of your word. We're thankful that we are in covenant because of your son, Jesus Christ. We're thankful for his sacrifice on the cross. We're thankful for his shed blood, that through his shed blood we were once called children of wrath, and now we are called children of God if we proclaim and profess uh, your son's name. So Father, we pray that uh, you would open our hearts and minds as we walk through the scriptures today. May we be blessed by what we hear and be encouraged over the next little while um, from your word. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Genesis chapter 15, uh, perfect precept, precept always takes you back to Genesis.
2: Yeah.
1: Always covenant. You have to go back to Genesis. Absolutely. Because this is where covenant uh, really originates. Mm-hmm. Genesis chapter 15. Uh, we're going to know Genesis chapter 15 very, very well by the end of this 11-week uh, podcast that we're doing. I also want to just mention before we dig into Genesis 15 as way of an announcement, this is the last week that we'll be doing Covenant as we take a three week break to do a journey to the cross. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna focus on Easter. I think the really neat part about focusing on Easter and leading into Good Friday and Easter Sunday is a lot of the principles that we've been talking about in Covenant should cross over into this road to Easter. And then we'll be able to pick up after Easter into uh, podcast number seven on Covenant. So make sure you keep tuning in for the Easter one. Genesis fifteen, uh, we have um, God and Abram, and so up to this point, uh, we have that God um, or Abraham. Sorry, wa- wants an heir. He wants an heir to the to his uh, family, and he doesn't have one. Derek, mm-hmm.
2: and it's been a while, <laughs> and he's been he's been wanting one, and uh, he comes up with with a, a different idea. He knows that God made him this promise of offspring, of an, of an heir. Um, and uh, you, we see in Genesis 15, Abraham saying, how is this gonna happen? I'm, I'm childless. Um, I do have an, uh, a technical heir. Um, is this how this promise is going to come? And uh, God makes it clear. This, this man is not going to be your heir. One will come forth from your own body who shall be your heir. So God is is continuing to reveal more and more about his promises to Abraham. As Abraham continues to take steps of faith towards trusting in God, God reveals and opens, opens up his plan a little bit more to him. It's so amazing as we work through this that
1: um, the promise comes that you'll have an heir. Mm-hmm. And then I love uh, Genesis chapter fifteen, verse six. It says, Then he believed in the Lord, and then God reckoned it to him as righteousness. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is uh by faith that he is now considered righteous. That's right. I mean we can go to all of the letters, you know, Paul always pointed back to um these verses, especially yeah. when he was reaching out to Jews who thought that they would be saved by works, mm-hmm. he would point back to to father, father Abraham. Now I have that song in my head, <laughs> father Abraham, and and show that no, no, he was uh, saved mm-hmm. by faith and considered righteous. And that one, I want to point us to Galatians because I love the passage in Galatians chapter three, uh, verses eight and nine. And he's and Paul says the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, all nations will be blessed in you. So then those who are of faith are blessed with Abraham, the believer. What?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Let's take a second <laughs> and try and process what Galatians is saying. Paul is saying that when, when God told Abram, this is what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to give you uh, an offspring. I'm going to give you land. I'm going to make your name great. But one thing that he says is that all the families of the world will be blessed through you. And Paul in Galatians says that God was actually telling Abram about the message of the gospel, that a time is going to come when an offspring is, is going to bless the entire world. And that's what... Abraham believes. He believes in uh, a God who is going to bring blessing uh, and reconciliation and restoration and forgiveness uh, through this seed. It's amazing that you just used a key
1: word in this conversation and the word seed. Mm -hmm. He's pointing to the fact that you know, can you imagine you are Abram and you're in a conversation with God and he takes you outside and he says, look at the stars. Yeah. And he says, do you see all of the stars that you uh, will have as many descendants as you see stars in the sky? Now you're Abram and you're, you know, this this has started to be revealed in Genesis ch- chapter 12. Genesis chapter 15 really is the the setting of s- putting this covenant together mm-hmm. with with uh, Abraham, and so, what we have in Galatians chapter three verse sixteen, it says, "Now the promises were spoken to Abram and to his seed." Uh, he does not say "and to seeds," mm-hmm. as referring to many, but rather to one, and to your seed that is Christ. Yeah. So way back in Genesis fifteen, who he's pointing to as the heir mm-hmm. is. Christ. Yeah.
2: Let's not let anyone tell us that we need to remove the Old Testament from our <laughs> faith because it is it is connected, not just connected. You can't separate them because the truths that are happening here in Genesis, the things that God is revealing here in Genesis, they they are the basis of our faith today. And we see them coming true in the gospel.
1: And when... When God says that all the nations will be blessed, Mm -hmm. he's not referring to, you know, Abram's uh, birth son that he would have with Sarah. There's no way that that son is going to be able to bless all the nations. Mm -hmm. It's a human being man filled with error but yeah. what he's pointing to is he's pointing to Christ. Yeah. Christ is the one who will bless all of the nations. Mm-hmm. I mean just sitting back and thinking to yourself, oh man, yeah, you're you're right. There's no Jesus in the yeah. time. wait a minute. Come Jesus on. is already mentioned way back in Genesis chapter 3. Yeah. And so this flowing uh thought of how Jesus, you know, is the heir, he is the one he's going to be the one who blesses the nations, and Mm -hmm. because Abram believed this, we now have this righteousness by faith. We also know that the gospel was preached to him in that conversation, that the air would come and the nations would all be blessed. Let's take a look at Romans chapter four and and just see what uh, God says regarding Abraham and his um,
2: righteousness by faith. In Romans chapter four, <clears throat> we see this, this promise in verse 13, for the promise to Abraham or to his descendants that he would be heir uh, of the world was not through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. And, and when you if you've marked this text, you're gonna mark Abraham and you're gonna mark faith and you're gonna mark believe and you're going to see that the whole point is that, um, is that the idea of being um Saved by faith, justified by faith, uh, predates the law it 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 comes before the law is even given. Uh, we see that that what Abraham is believing is that God is going to give him exactly what God promised. he's going to do what it is that he said he was going to do, give him an heir uh, by his wife Sarah. that's right, and I want to take us even.
1: Uh, verse 13 is fantastic. We'll go back to Romans chapter 4 verses 1, 1 to 4. In In those first, sorry, the first five verses, there's one word that's used three times. And I'll, I'll read this to you and you can see if you can pick them out. What then shall we say that Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh, has found? For if Abraham was justified by works, he would have something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abram believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Now to the one who works his wage is not credited as a favor, but as what is due. But to the one who does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is credited by righteousness. So this word credited in the Greek is uh, logosomai, hope I'm pronouncing that right. It means to reckon or credit to one's account. Mm-hmm. It means to make that payment, uh, but you didn't do anything to to get that payment. It's The work has all been done by Christ, which is a vital, important piece mm-hmm. that brings us back to what you were saying. You can't earn your salvation. Mm-hmm. You can't do it by works. And it's all brought on by faith, which pulls us back to Genesis chapter 15. And when we look at Genesis chapter 15, we wanna look at the beginning and the setting of this covenant that Abraham and God have. So if you'll follow along with me from uh, verse uh, six, it says, then he believed in the Lord and he reckoned it to him as righteous. He said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to possess it. He said, O Lord God, How may I know that I will possess it? Now, this is the part where God is about to put everything into action. Mm -hmm. Here is the proof of my promise. And he says, so uh, God said to him, bring me a three-year-old heifer and a three-year-old female goat and a three-year-old ram and a turtle dove and a young pigeon. Then he brought all of these to him and cut them in two and laid each half opposite the other but he did not cut the birds the birds of the prey came down upon the carcasses and abram drove them away and so just before i go to the next set of verses i think it would be interesting for our listeners for them to do a little bit of homework sure now go and do some homework folks because i want you to look at verse 9 and I want you to look at how they describe these animals mm-hmm. and the age of the animals. Now think about when we get into the law and we get into Le- uh, Deuteronomy uh, and Leviticus and when all of the sacrifices are start to be laid out, Exodus for the building of the um, tabernacle mm-hmm. and all of that stuff, what are the ages of the animals that come out of there and what might the significance be between the two? So I'm going to leave you with that as a, you know, kind of a little tidbit to yeah. go and check out for yourself. Press pause. <laughs> yeah. Go take a look. And, and come back. But maybe what might be the significance between the ages of those animals? They might be similar. They could be, but they might not they be. They might isn't? not be. All right. So now look at verse 12. Now, when the sun was going down a deep sleep... Fell upon Abram, and behold, terror and great darkness fell upon him. God said to Abram, Know for certain that your descendants will be strangers in the land that is not theirs, where they will be enslaved and oppressed for four hundred years. But I will also judge the nation whom they serve, and afterward they will come out with many possessions. As for you, you shall go to your fathers in peace, and you will be buried in the good old. Uh, age. Then, in the fourth generation, they will return here, for the iniquity of the Amorite is not yet complete. It came about when the sun had set, that it was very dark. And behold, there appeared a smoking oven and a flaming torch, which passed between these two pieces. On that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying to your descendants, I have given this land from the river of Egypt, as far as the great river Euphrates, to the Canaanite, to the Kenzite, to the Kedamonite, to the Hittite, to the Perizzite, to the Riphium, to the Amorite, to the Cainite, to the Girgashite, and to the Jebusite. Showing us the boundaries of the land that would be promised. So now we need to break this down a bit. The first thing that we want to look at, Derek, is those verses in 7 to 11. What is happening
2: in those verses there? This is one of the most incredible pieces of scripture that, that anyone can study. Uh, and so what we're seeing is that God is reminding Abram who he is. I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you the land to possess it. That's one of the promises that he has given him. And Abram now has the, uh, the courage, the bravery to ask God the question, How? I believe that it's going to happen, but he asks, how is it going to happen? He doesn't have an heir. Um, <clears throat> how do I know that I'm going to possess it? And then God gives him these sets of instructions. And this isn't uh, God distracting him and not wanting to answer the question. This is how God is answering the question of how he's going to receive all of these things. And what he tells him is to go and get these animals and to cut them in two, which means that they are going to be dead and to, uh, to lay them on lay them on either side, uh, cut them in half, um, and then lay, lay each one opposite of the other, um, except for the birds and Abr- Abram goes ahead and, and he does this again without, without question, just goes and does what, what God tells him to do.
1: Now, what we have is amazing in this, and here's why I think this is amazing. We have two promises mm-hmm. so far in a part of the covenant. One is an heir. Mm-hmm. The other is land. Yeah. But there's this thing that happens. If you look in the text, after these pieces are put in place and they're separated, we know that there is blood that is uh, kind of put in between. You know, th- There's been a sacrifice mm-hmm. that's been made here, uh, as God has promised to tell him. But then what happens is... Um, God says, he doesn't say, okay, the work is done, okay? He doesn't pass through those pieces at that point. Mm-hmm. Look what he says, and this is what I want us to really hone in on, because this, this right here is where the light bulb should go on. Yeah. He says, God said to Abraham, know for certain that your descendants will be strangers in the land that is not theirs and they will be enslaved and oppressed for 400 years. Hold on a second. Okay, Abram, I promise you a son. I promise you many descendants. Oh, by the way, your descendants are going to go into captivity Mm -hmm. because of their um, sin. Mm -hmm. And so now watch what happens. He says in verse 14, contrast in scripture always indicated by the word but. But I will also judge the nation whom they serve and afterward they will come out with many possessions. You have to pause there and you Mm -hmm. have to say to yourself, the Israelites are going into captivity for 400 years. God is going to judge them and put them there for their behavior. But that God also promises to rescue them Mm -hmm. and to bring them out. And the word that we could use that would help us summarize this best is that God will save them Mm -hmm. from Egypt. Now, when he promises to save them from Egypt, look what he does next. He says, it came about when the sun had set that it was very dark And behold, there appeared a smoking oven and a flaming torch, which passed between the two pieces. All scholars believe uh, the same thing. Mm -hmm. They believe that the flaming torch and the smoking oven represent God. And so God walked through those two pieces of flesh. Mm -hmm. And as he walked through the two pieces of flesh, the covenant was made. Now... What's a part of that covenant? One, an heir. Mm -hmm. Two, land. Three, salvation. What? Yeah. You know, so now you've got three things that are a part of that. One, I'm going to give you an heir. Mm -hmm. We know that the heir, according to Galatians, is the seed. Mm -hmm. We know that the seed is Jesus Christ. We know that we're going to be given land. Mm -hmm. We know that the promised land is Israel. Mm -hmm. And then we also know that God is going to save Mm -hmm. when he walks through those two pieces. The promise of salvation is there. Now, wait a minute. This sounds very familiar to New Testament principles, Mm -hmm. and that's where we want to spend the rest of our time that we have together. So we want to look specifically, and we want to start with Uh, Malachi and as we look at Malachi
2: uh, Derek why don't you read Malachi chapter 3 verse 1 behold I am going to send my messenger and he will clear the way before me and the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple and the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight Behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts.
1: Well, now we have to ask ourselves, who's the messenger? Mm -hmm. And we go into John chapter 1, verse 29. The next day, he saw Jesus coming to him, and he said, Behold, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world. So now we know that Jesus is coming to take away the sins of the world. Uh, What's he coming to do? He is coming to save us. Mm From our sins. What does 1 Corinthians chapter
2: five, verse uh, seven say? Clean out the old leaven, so that you may be a new lump, just as you are in fact unleavened. For Christ, our Passover also has been sacrificed.
1: Good. So what, what's Paul telling us in those verses?
2: Well, that Jesus, Jesus Christ uh, is, to be, is going to be sacrificed or was sacrificed. And he's pointing back to um, that time in Egypt, the Passover meal, when the lamb was, uh, was sacrificed and the blood was used to, to mark the Israelite people uh, to save them uh, from the judgment and from death. And so Paul is saying here that Christ is our Passover who has been sacrificed. Absolutely.
1: Now look at Matthew chapter 26, verses 17 to 29. Now on the first day of the unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus and said, "Where do you want to prepare, uh, Where do you want us to prepare uh, for you to eat the Passover?" He said, "Go into the city and a certain man and say to him, "The teacher says, "My time is near. I am to keep the Passover at your house with my disciples." The disciples did as Jesus directed them, and they prepared the Passover. Now when evening came, Jesus was reclining at the table with the twelve disciples. As they were eating, he said, Truly I say to you, that one will betray me. Being deeply grieved, they each one began to see him. Surely not I, Lord. And he answered, and he dipped his hand in with me in the bowl, and he said, This is the one who will betray me. The Son of Man is to go, just as it is written of him. But woe to the man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been good for that man if he had not been born. And Judas, who was betraying him, said, "'Surely it is not I, rabbi.' Jesus said to him, "'You have said it yourself.' While they were eating, Jesus took some bread, and after a blessing he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, "'Take and eat, this is my body.' And when he had taken the cup and given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, "'Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins.' But I say to you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until the day when I drink it with you in my Father's kingdom. Jesus began here at the Lord's Supper, this in the upper room before he was headed to the cross, he started to institute this new covenant mm-hmm. on over Passover. So uh, he broke the bread and said, this is my body. Wait, he did what? He broke the bread? Yeah. And then he said this cup was represented of the blood, which was poured out when the bread or the body was broken yeah. for the forgiveness of sins. And so uh, now we look at um, Matthew 27, uh, 45 to 51. We don't have time to read it all, but this is when Jesus died. And, but we want to look at one point when Jesus died, and this is why we need you to tune in to the Road to the Cross podcast, mm-hmm. because what happens when Jesus dies? And we'll focus on more of these miracles of, of the cross over the Easter, but there's one amazing point, Derek, that we were talking about earlier that we need to
2: point out happened when Jesus died. Yeah, in uh, verse 51, Matthew 27, 51. So this is Jesus cries out in a loud voice in 50, he yields up his spirit. It says, and behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth shook and the rocks were split. The, t- the veil in the temple is torn from top to bottom. Broken in two. In two.
1: And that kind of leads the way to a new way of approaching God. Mm -hmm. The old way was the high priest would have to go through, and we'll talk about this more in our Easter Mm -hmm. uh, podcast. But he was the only one who could go in past the veil once a year. That's right. And so what we've got here is now Jesus in John chapter 14, he says, I am the way, the Mm -hmm. truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but wait for this. Now, this will blow your mind. He says, But I am the way, the truth, and the life no one comes to the Father but through me. Mm -hmm. Now let's relate that back to Genesis chapter 15. We have God passing between two broken pieces and putting covenant in place. We have Jesus saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. We also know that Jesus' body was broken Mm -hmm. for us and his blood was shed just like the cutting of the pieces in the beginning of Genesis. When those pieces were cut and broken in two, mm-hmm. blood was shed. So now here we have sacrifice again, broken body, blood shed, and Jesus saying the only way you can get to the Father is by walking through what? My broken mm-hmm.
2: body and shed blood. Yeah. It's it's incredible. We see in <clears throat> in Hebrews chapter 10... It says that uh, that we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus um, by a new and living way which he inaugurated for us through the veil that is his flesh. So we have this symbolic um, uh, in the Old Testament, it wasn't symbolic. the veil is what separated uh, you know the holiness of God from the people. but now we have this veil is torn and is broken and and it points Hebrews points us to... The the broken uh, body of of Jesus Christ that the veil is his flesh so as his body breaks the veil is separated and there is now the opportunity to walk through that separated veil that has been torn into to access our holy God and for him to, to, to bring his love upon us and so we see in the Old Testament with Abraham those broken pieces of flesh that God passes through to bring salvation we now see Jesus, his broken pieces of flesh, which God passes through to bring us salvation. This is the amazing part of the gospel. And this is why
1: it can be so frustrating for people to just tell you they know the gospel, Mm -hmm. but don't know the gospel. Even on uh, the past weekend, when I was teaching through workshops, one of the questions I asked was, how do you know that you know the gospel. Mm -hmm. I mean, these truths that come through the very fact that through Jesus' death by his broken body, we now have a new path, Mm -hmm. a new way to enter into the presence of God. I mean, this is mind blowing, but at the same time we should know this. Yeah. You know, I think about Paul when he says you you need to have moved beyond the elementary principles Mm -hmm. and you should be, you know, feeding on the meat I mean, this is the gospel, but yet because we're looking at covenant, yeah. it is meat at yeah, this absolutely. point of study. So the main thing that we want to look at just to wrap up, and we're going to spend a short amount of time in this, is what is our responsibility? Mm-hmm. So if we know, and that's why I think it's so great that God put Abraham to sleep. Yeah. And the very fact, uh, uh, Warren Weersby, in his commentary, he said that God put Abraham to sleep. So that he could go through the darkness and wake up and see the stars. Mm. And so before you could see the stars, you had to enter into darkness. Yeah. And in the same way, I think he God put Abraham to sleep for two reasons. One, if Abraham was awake and physically a part of the covenant, he might have more of a responsibility in the covenant. Mm-hmm. But because he's asleep and God does all of this while he's asleeping. This is by God's grace and mercy that the Israelites would be saved. It is nothing of what we can do Mm -hmm. to receive salvation. The same way it was for the Israelites, it was all of God. God Mm -hmm. would bring them out of the 400 years in Egypt. God would also bring us out of the position of child of wrath to child of God Mm -hmm. and an heir. Yeah. And I also loved what uh, Weir'sby said was, he said, there is no sonship without the airship. Mm-hmm. It's the working of the Father, presenting the Son, yeah. and through the work of the Son, we now have the privilege, if you study 1 John, to be called a child of God. Mm-hmm. It's nothing we can do on our own, but there is a responsibility for us to move from enemy to child. Mm-hmm. And we too uh, have to look at Matthew chapter 10, verses 34 and 30 to 39, and see what um, Jesus tells us here. And so let me read these verses for you. Uh, Matthew ten thirty-four to 39. "'Do not think I came to bring peace on the earth. I did not come to bring peace but a sword.' For I came and set a man against his father and a daughter and against her mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law and a man's enemies will be members of the household. He who loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves a son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy. Here it is. He who has found his life will lose it. He who has lost his life for my sake will find it. Do you know what Jesus is saying here? You have to die. Mm -hmm. You too have to die to be able to walk through those pieces into the presence of God. You've got to die. And we have to lay down our life, and that means lay down our own interests Mm -hmm. and walk in full pursuit Mm -hmm. of God. That means this is a completely life-changing
2: life changing Yeah. Uh, action. Well, and the beautiful thing is that we continue to, we can continue to go back to Abraham as the example. God made this covenant with him. These promises belonged to him. And yet God still called him to do something to, to show his, um, uh, his belief, his faith in in God, he called him to sacrifice his son. Now that means God called him to actually kill the thing by which God was going to fulfill the promises, which showed that Abraham's hope was not in the promise itself, but Abraham's hope was in the one who made that promise, in an Almighty God. Um, and we see other parts in, in Scripture that that tell us that Abraham just assumed that God was going to bring him back to life because he had such a strong faith in him, Abram held nothing back from, uh, from God. And that's the example that we can see too, that, that because of what was done for us through Jesus Christ, there is no need for us to hold anything back from God. Mark eight thirty four 34 says,
1: uh, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up the cross and follow me. Uh, forever wishes to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and for the gospels will save it. There is great sacrifice. And so, you know, kind of this idea of death, walking through death or walking into covenant with God means that we have to deny ourselves. We have Mm -hmm. to lay down everything that we have physical in this life to find the eternal Mm -hmm. life. Uh, I want to read to you um, Galatians chapter 2.20. I think it would be great to, you know, spend time in Galatians, come back there, wrap right around uh, before we, we close. But listen to Galatians 2.20 and Paul. This is really the theme verse, I think, for this entire book of Galatians. But he says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. If you go back, Derek, to Genesis chapter 15, and you, uh, before we wrap up, you read um, Genesis chapter 15, verse 6, what we have here is we have what God is telling Abraham in Genesis 15:6.
2: Then he believed in the Lord and he reckoned it to him as righteousness. The gospel preached
1: to Abraham is the same gospel that Paul received, and he now says that I have been crucified Mm -hmm. with Christ. He's now died of himself. He's now gone through this process of self-denial, self-sacrifice, and is uh, following after Christ. I now live in the flesh, but I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me. And this is the thing. So many times that we see that God reckoned to Abraham that he was righteous. It's righteousness by faith and not by works. Mm -hmm. God did the work when Abraham was asleep. He walked through the pieces of flesh. Jesus took it upon himself to be the sacrifice on the cross. His body was broken. And now for us to walk into the presence of God, we have to walk through Jesus' broken body Mm -hmm. and shed blood but that's all we have to do. And we do that by dying to ourself. So we have to ask those who are listening, are these principles ones that you live by? Mm-hmm. Have you denied yourself and followed after Christ? Do you understand the covenant that you are now in with Jesus Christ and God the Father by walking through the flesh and professing his name? And does your life reflect that of one who lives in self-denial one who does not follow the pursuits of the world, one who lives to bring glory and honor to Jesus Christ. I cannot wait, Derek, Mm -hmm. to start walking for the next three weeks over the road to the cross and seeing how this all brings it together. So we hope you'll tune in with us. And thank you again.
2: And why don't you close us in prayer? Sure. Almighty God, we are... Truly grateful for the truth that we find in your word. And as we continue to study, we are always just blown away at how you continue to reveal your truth to us. And as we, as we look today and we study this idea of covenant, maybe we've studied Genesis before and we've seen this covenant. And maybe we've, we've studied Matthew before and we, we know what happens to Jesus. But maybe we haven't made this connection between this uh, moment between you and your one servant, Abram, uh, and And made that connection to the moment of uh, of sacrifice of your son that is not just for one but was for all, and it goes back to the promise that all families of the world will be blessed through your seed, and that seed is Jesus Christ, your son God sometimes we are just in awe of um, of how you have put even just this this book together for us so that um, there is no denying that, uh, that you have inspired this word, that this is your word, that it unveils to us your plan that you had from the very beginning. You weren't making things up as you went along, but you knew what you were doing the whole time. Gracious God, I pray that we will have um, the faith to trust you, to deny ourselves to not be wrapped up in what this world has to offer but see it for what it is as a distraction from uh, what it is that you have in store for us through your son gracious god i pray that um, we will continue to 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 study and as we look now to uh, the time of easter that we will be reminded of what you have done through us through your son we pray this all in his name amen for more
0: information on precept ministries canada Visit us online at www.preceptministries.ca or call us at 877